Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. We are coming strong after Texas came strong with it in one heck of a football game. But unfortunately, the Longhorns were on the short end of it. LSU beats Texas 45-38 in instant classic in DKR on Saturday. Gentlemen, I don't know if this lived up to the hype. It, it exceeded it in some ways. Uh, again, this is a fantastic game, but we'll break it down how and why Texas fell short. And, yeah, even though nobody really wants to talk about it, we will look ahead to Rice because Texas does play Rice this weekend. Hey, They'll get a few minutes on the Blitz. Saturday, 7 o'clock, NRG Stadium, Rod's old stomping grounds. Rod, when you were in the NFL, did you ever get a chance to play at uh, Reliant slash NRG Stadium? I'm not sure if I did, actually. I took some pictures there or something for like a promotion, but I don't know if I ever played there. You uh, had... Uh, the for the, the the fortunate opportunity slash unfortunate opportunity of playing in the old Astrodome, which was great, great venue, but yeah, but it, it it shortened some careers. That's that's for damn show. Yeah. You're playing on that carpet <laughs> on top of concrete. Go from uh, the a wonder of the world. Yeah. So within two decades, it's like, uh, oh, that's actually dangerous for you to be. Yeah. To be playing on that surface. Yeah. So, speaking of dangerous, we've got air conditioner gate. Did LSU have air conditioning in their dressing room? Did they not have it? Somebody's it? lying. Yeah. Somebody's not telling the. Mm. Somebody's not telling the complete truth. Yes. Somebody's telling the half truth or something. Is. There's truthiness going yes. on. Yeah. Uh, we can get into that. We can get into that, but we will uh, be discussing uh, the meat and potatoes of what happened on the field. I am Jeff Howe. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well, man. How about yourself? I'm terrific. And lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. He is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, you're a black card member. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Baberson. Thanks for the intro, brother. Uh, Rod. Rod, DBU is an appropriate place to start with this game because <laughs> not a lot of pass defense being yeah, played yeah. in this one. We took a hit this weekend. And both, by the way. Yeah. Both DBUs. I think it's and, that, that's but we good took the L. Too. We took the L. We took two L's. We took the loss, the DBU, and the actual. L. And I believe I believe the stat is correct. Joe Burrow's four hundred seventy one yards, the most passing yards allowed by Texas in a home game. Uh, yes. yes, it is the greatest quarterback performance by an opposing quarterback in DKR in the history of DKR. I believe and that's saying you something. could argue that I'm sure I'm sure a passer rating. No, but that's saying something because yeah, since I've been on that, yeah. since I've been on the beat, uh, 2012 was my first year on the beat full time, and the guys that yeah. are coming to DKR, we've seen we've seen Geno Smith, see some good ones now. We've seen Patrick Mahomes, yeah. We've seen Jared Goff, see some good ones, uh, yeah. Some really good quarterbacks have come through, yeah. You, uh, I mean, you want to you want to throw you want to throw Deshaun Kaiser in there? Yeah, One no, I agree. Yeah, Trayvon Boykin. Looking at the numbers in you know Texas, we've covered it a lot the past decade. Quite struggle a lot of the struggles for the Longhorns. But you look back at the last time something like this happened, where Texas gave up that many yards, actually was in 08, and this game just so much reminded me of that 08. Texas Oklahoma game. It's just what would happen if you end up being on the losing end of one of those games. Yeah, this, this game. Rod, we talked about this on the Rodcast, and let's get into it from this standpoint. This game reminded me a lot of the Big 12 championship game. Just from the standpoint of we didn't see a ton of offensive creativity from Tom Herman. Uh, you, uh, first 15 plays, the the script, which is usually Outside of the script, script the Outside opening of the script. script. I would say the first 15 plays were the most creative and innovative 
uh, kind of segment of offensive plays of the game. Other than that, I'm going to agree with you for the most part. Second half was solid, but yeah, I think that low between the 15 and the second half, that was really the problem where you fall behind and had a couple series that you questioned a few situations, but then it also seemed at least coming out of half, they understood what was working, what wasn't, and started but to those are that adjustments, home. but not innovation and Agreed, creativity. Right. That's Agreed. the difference. They made adjustments. I'm not saying they didn't make adjustments. Right. They made adjustments while you saw a lot of the deep ball. Yep. But creativity, innovation, schematic advantage, didn't see a lot of that. I saw adjustments, but not schematic advantage. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, Be specific, and being specific here, yeah. And then defensively, we'll get into it. To me, it felt, especially in the second half, like Todd Orlando was kind of grasping at straws. And it was different from the Big 12 championship game from his standpoint because he went into that with a pick your poison. I'm going to make Oklahoma beat me death by a thousand paper cuts rather than I don't want to let Kyler Murray get loose for another 60-something yard touchdown like he did when he brought Oklahoma back from 21 down in the fourth quarter in the regular season game. But Rod, where I draw the parallel with the Big 12 championship game, it felt like it almost felt like the coaching staff approaches, and I could be dead wrong on this. It felt like the coaching staff approaches game, almost like they're playing with house money, saying, "You know what? We'll just try to see if we can match up with LSU athlete for athlete and let the chips fall where they may." I, I think the best example of, and, you know, obviously that would be a conspiracy theory, but I'll step on the grassy knoll with you because Colin Johnson to me may be the perfect example, right? Colin Johnson is your premier wide receiver, and we know we'll talk about Devin Duvernay because he deserves some some credit. Right. And he deserves us. Yeah, you know, I think everybody's excited to talk about Devin Duvernay. Made himself a ton and, of money. Yeah, and him and him taking his game to the next level. But Colin Johnson's supposed to be your guy. All the mock drafts say he's a, a first round pick. All this kind of stuff, and yet he doesn't get a catch until midway through the third quarter. And we actually mocked uh, Skip Holtz in Louisiana Tech for allowing their premier wide receiver Adrian yeah. Hardy to go the entire first half without having. A catch and I got to go back and track it I heard think I heard Brian Davis of the Austin American Statesman say he believes that Colin Johnson only had one target in the first half and I got to go back and track the targets but if that's the case then that is on the coaches so my point is getting back to the schematic advantage you should be able to find a way to get him open now I know that sounds crazy because you're going against LSU and he's a big time wide receiver and hey man you got to find a way to create separation on your own but you can put him in bunch formations you can put him in motion you can put him flexed right off the um you know remember remember that long oh man it was kind of a long deep drag route that LSU completed uh-huh. uh, where they basically started the receiver who was a flex on the opposite side of the formation, into their ran them all the way across the field, and they basically completed on the opposite sideline there. Mm-hmm. And crossers. Texas lost track of them on the initial part of the formation and on the backside of them. They were too late to keep track of them. You could do that with Colin Johnson all day. Yes. Just drag his 6'6 six, six behind across the field, and nobody, you can almost just toss it up and let it be a rebounding play. I mean, watch Julio and Jones. That's what Shanahan they, did they, nonstop they, with they, him. They do it all the time in the league. Michael Thomas does yes. it all the time. My point being, there was no schematic. You didn't see schematically Texas go out of its way to get to force feed Colin Johnson the football. And to me, that goes back to kind of what you were saying. They were like, Colin Johnson, leave him out there. Hey. It doesn't matter. He, he's supposed to go out there and win. And that's great. He's supposed to win. But, you know, in this day and age, you know, it's working harder, not smarter. Yeah. <laughs> he's Colin Johnson. Do what you did in a Big 12 title game. Remember what they did in Big 12 title game? They put him, like, at the – he was at the tip of, like, that triangle bunch mm-hmm. formation. They put him – they moved him inside, put him in the slot, some to throw off that yeah, game. Yeah, he's the number two receiver in formations. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Confusion. You, 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 you Those first to, two and a half seconds of the pass where, say, Burrow beat you – those situations are when well, a guy like him is wide open. Though. Well, when they ran empty, you know, you motion a running back outside of him, therefore he's in the slot now, and then they have to adjust, and then you got a lesser DB on him, not one of the corners. I don't know. I didn't see a lot of that. That's on Colin. That's also on the coaches, too, man. Yep. And we're going to criticize Skip Holtz for not getting his ace wide receiver the football. we got to do the same thing to Tom Herman and his staff right there. But we're being nitpicky. I know the offense did what they were supposed to do. But I'm just saying, you know, that's one of the things they could have done. And it was only, at least according to the game log, one target in the first half. And then right out of the half, (laughs) three targets in that first drive. So they knew. When they went ahead, they they were embarrassed. Like, oh, damn, we only got one target? My our bad dog. Let's go out. Let's go out and get Colin Johnson. Before. So they knew they they knew that was wrong. Thanks, man. They they knew that was not cool. Like that's a, that's like that's and it's why the, the commentators were bringing it up. Everybody was bringing it up. And by the way, they they threw sixteen deep balls that were twenty yards or more down the field in that game, which I think is the most that Sam Ellinger has ever thrown as a starting quarterback. Yep. And yet your premier deep threat didn't have 
a catch. At, on a deep ball, on a deep ball. Now. You know what I mean? Exactly. So my point is, and I know they were rolling coverage and all that, but that's so new. That means schematically they out-schemed you and out-coached you and took your best deep target out of the game when they knew you were, your adjustment was going to be to go deep on them when you went one-on-one coverage, and that's exactly what they did. And you pointing that out really does clarify another point in my mind about the schematic advantage in the first half because you would think at least, well, if Colin isn't being targeted, okay, well, they're pounding home Duvernay. Duvernay had 11 receptions for 142 yards in the second half. He only wow. had one reception for 12 yards in that first half. I didn't I did that either. A ton of daily fantasy and loaded up I on those two. I didn't realize that. At halftime, I thought I was going to get my ass kicked. I'm Ended up winning. Down. But, yeah, he had one reception in the wow. first half, had 11 for 142 you know targets in the second. How many targets he had in the first half? Uh, I'll look at it up real quick. Wow. But, yeah, still, to have that type of drastic nature. Now, it also means that LSU was doing a good job of keeping the ball in their offense's hands, not as many opportunities. And then you had the one drive. It was impressive with the Eagles on that touchdown. You could identify that no, Herman, Herman saw and they noticed saw the, the mismatch. They saw the weakness. And it's time to they saw it. what to exploit. And that's so one good thing. That's I a really, great adjustment. Yep. And but, it means that also now if Eagles can be the type of guy that actually seems that he can be a solid top-tier deep threat, win. it makes yeah. Colin in that role that you're speaking of that he should be in even more obvious. He yeah. doesn't even have to be it's, the deep threat because you have somebody else that can like, stretch vertically. So his usage in the offense could definitely no, be totally elevated. I agree with that. I agree with that. If you look I'm at getting you, to Jeff's point, though, about the NO innovation and creativity, yeah. man. And I mean, I'm not knocking the staff. I'm no. just making an observation. I agree. Saying, I agree with that you know, observation, I didn't though. see a whole lot. I didn't either. It just, and, and I don't I don't blame Tom Herman for that. I mean, I, because it's a non-conference game, and I, I think it just kind of validates what he's saying. If you, depending on how much you want to put in a press conference quotes, Rod, it really seems like they approached it from the standpoint that, you know what, our, our best guys are good enough to compete with LSU. And honestly... If not for the it, uh, the unforgivable sin of the mm. football gods of being on the goal line and yeah. coming up twice, by the way, yeah. and coming away with zero points, you probably do beat LSU. I'm not trying yeah. to be you know Aggie here and you know and be you know getting to what you know lose things that losers say, but that's realistic. And that's honestly, I think all of us at one point, whether we want to admit it or not, I turned to my girlfriend when I was in the stadium and said it. Yeah. When we came away from the goal line on two occasions with zero points, I told her. We're going to pay for that. We said it the no first way. time. Yeah. Then you got no the pick. Way. Then it looked like you had intercepted. You're like, all right, we'll get it back. We got lucky. And then, yeah. There's, exactly. Yeah. Like the football. You way. earned like, it back with the Cowboy package, which we didn't see yeah. a ton of And again, that. you yeah. know, go back to the Big 12 championship game. There was a point in that first half where I think Texas is a 14-6, and they got a chance to really go for the throat and get a nice cushion on Oklahoma. Because like we say about Oklahoma, especially when Kyler Murray's running that offense, it's like the Golden State Warriors. You know they're going to make a run. It's just have you given yourself enough of a cushion that when they exactly. do make that run, yep. you still got the lead. Uh, and then that was the weird offensive drive where it started with like the the halfback pass by Keontae Ingram mm-hmm. and everything just kind of got reverse, on track. Yeah, and Oklahoma, it, pass. it just it, yeah. it, you know it kind of felt like that where you're like, man, that was really your opportunity to really take control of the game. And, and that's and when you, you just missed. That's when it. you were looking for that. Okay, so give me that. Give me that wrinkle. Right, mm-hmm. give me give me that whatever you've been working on that you say specifically for this game, and you never really saw it. You no. saw the adjustment, like I said. You saw Sam start to become, you know, the transcendent Sam that we all knew on the big stage he was going to be. But you never saw that wrinkle that gave them as connective. I kept waiting on it to be the quarterback design running game. One of the things I predicted, right? Mm-hmm. So I looked at the quarterback design runs. There were eight quarterback design runs. Three of them outside the red zone. In the red zone, we know quarterback design runs coming all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. The three quarterback design runs outside the red zone, and you all, I think everybody kind of remembers them too. Mm-hmm. He got 37 yards on those three design runs, two first downs. Yeah. I wanted more design runs, exotic design quarterback runs inside the 20s, and I didn't get that. Yep. I was waiting on I was like, oh, they're going to get something funky. Well, and man, we didn't get the weird. screen game all first half either. So the well, first half, first 15, first 15, you got yeah. remember the first play of the game? There's a great screen play, and you never see it again. Well, and that's the main Hell thing. Hell of a job by Parker Braun on that screen. You so never yeah. see it again. And think like, about Whoa. this. Well, we're talking about also that the Ingram situation, he maybe isn't as in tune to that first half. So you have more of a reason to go yeah. to Ellinger with the run play or to go 
to Duvernay, yet, yet you don't. Then when you look at the way that the gameplay played out, because you know Jeff was talking about how Texas wanted to go out there and see it's house money. Let's see if we can beat the opposing team. in with LSU and the defense, it was like, well, actually, look at the targets. You were afraid to go to those top-tier guys. You almost were letting the defense dictate it, and it psychologically is a situation where, yeah, you'll take what the defense is giving you if this mismatch, but then you're deducing your offense to your third or fourth or fifth best threat, and that's not necessarily what you want to do if you are really that true championship-level top-tier team. You are now letting the defense dictate it, and it sort of flips the script the way that you like to see. The Texas defense does that to opposing offenses a lot. Well, the LSU defense did that to the Texas offense this time. That's a a very astute observation. I totally agree. They Uh, they forced you to go to your second, third Third, options. Yes, all of them. I don't want to get too far into big picture because I do want to break down the game, but I think you're seeing at this point two things. One, how far this program has come under Tom Herman. That no question. It's not a surprise to see them compete in games like this anymore. It's awesome that 10 wins isn't which, a happy one for the fan base. Which, which by the way, I, I think this was probably the last one where I think Tom Herman gets the benefit of the doubt from the fan base and a loss. Like, the majority of Texas fans I don't think are upset by this loss. No, no, because we know you had a chance to win and even after all the, you know, the, like I said, unforgivable sin in football of getting on the goal line twice and coming up with zero points and the defense playing, which we'll get into, basically just bad football a lot of the time. And Sam Ellinger, and I will say this, and I'm not trying to, listen, I love Sam Ellinger, but I'm not hating on him. He played like a B-plus game. Yeah. And, and he was still transcendent. He was still all-time great. Yeah. That was a B-plus game. If you've been watching Sam, we all been watching Sam, that wasn't Sam's best. He started out a little, First he was a little anxious, was a little... just like Big 12, the Big 12 championship. He was a little anxious, so he overthrew guys early, and then he settled down and got himself real poised. So that's B-plus from Sam Ellinger. You get A-plus from Sam Ellinger, you beat LSU, and you probably beat him. You know, by touchdown. And even even <laughs> even all, all that said, if Colin Johnson's foot is oh. a foot <laughs> closer into the field, oh, then we we might be talking about a different game. Shout yeah. out to Dick of the kicker, baby. That was a beautiful. I I put him that Ooh, sequence right there where he hits kick, where he man. hits the field goal, and wow. then they they do the onside like that. I that was I, unbelievable. I put him in my top ten performers because of that because I can't remember the last time at Texas I saw an onside kick yep. executed. That perfectly. Since, like like that's was, exactly what you it, want. It was magnificent. Even since last year when a lot of the rules changed, it's so much harder to even it's get an onside kick now because point. you can't even move. So literally percentages were almost cut in half with those rule changes. So good that's point. even more impressive. Yeah, it was. It was nice. Exactly. That's You had a shot. Even all that being said. You, you had a were, shot. You, with the best, and we've talked about this with Sam, he's the best short yardage quarterback, best red zone quarterback in the country. And yet you were in the red zone and on the goal line with that weapon Twice mm-hmm. and couldn't score a touchdown. You know, considering all that, man, you were man, you were right there. Seven and points. So that shows you how far this program has come, Rod. But I, it just shows you. And Tom Herman talked about this on Monday. the The step you have to take from being a very good team to being an elite team that's the hardest step to take because we've seen it around here in Texas when Texas won a national championship and when they played for one in '09. What were the three things Texas had? You had tremendous talent, mm-hmm. and more so the O nine team was more so you know defensive talent than than really offensive. I mean, you, you had Cole McCoy, Jordan Shipley, but I mean, you had freaking Earl Thomas, Lamar Houston, and yeah. Brian Arakpo was just amazing amount mm-hmm. of NFL talent on defense. You had great leadership on both the O five team and the O eight slash O nine team. Great leadership on both those teams, and you did have a schematic advantage. Your schematic advantage in O five was. You were doing zone reading. You were doing it better than anybody in the country. Mm-hmm. Greg Davis. With Vince Young. Yeah. And your schematic advantage in 08-09 was Greg Davis reinventing himself, saying, no, we're going to be high percentage passing game. This is Colt McCoy's strength. We'll use Jordan Shipley almost positionless. OU loses a Mike mm-hmm. linebacker. He'll make him a flex tight end yeah. and mm-hmm. just let him go nuts. Yeah. So that And then Will Muschamp's defense, obviously. Which Muschamp's defense was also. That was your time. schematic. Yeah. So that's that's the three things it takes to, to be a cons- – you have to do those three th- three things, in my opinion, consistently throughout a 12-game regular season, a conference championship game, and now two playoff games. You have to have schematic advantage, you have to have elite talent, and you have to have elite leadership. Tom Harmon has said publicly that this game is not the most important game on their schedule. 
and that you know what I mean like this you know what I mean he he's throwing it out there and they, that's they why I come up with the theory that I did yeah because yeah, that and so I could totally see him saying no 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 we do got some stuff you know some wrinkles some things we've been working on some innovative creative uh, offensive principles but we're not unveiling them versus LSU because in the Big Twelve we gonna need them. We're going to need them versus Oklahoma. We're going to need them in the Big 12 title game, and that's what matters their, to their us. Offensive you know game, I mean? their, so offensive game plan, their offensive game plan for Oklahoma State will be more dynamic and diverse than the plan for LSU. I know. I was. I expect to see that 10 personnel package, right? One back, zero tight ends they've been talking about. They have this embarrassment of riches at wide receiver. We know that now with DuVernay and Colin Johnson and Brennan Eagles and Malcolm Epps oh, and Jake, Jake Smith. Smith. I know. Yep. They got this, and, and yet we haven't seen it. And I, I was like, I know we're going to see it versus LSU. And we didn't see it, so I assume okay, maybe. Did we'll you count see the number of times they were in ten rods? Yeah, they did. They did it at the end of the first half and at the end of the second half. I didn't count the exact number of plays. That's so the basically, only time when you're in two minute in, offense, when they were in two minute offense, you saw the ten personnel package. But other than that, you didn't see it like actually, you know, during the game. Yeah, it felt, like they, in, style. felt yeah, like they were style. Felt like they were eleven personnel. Based. They were eleven personnel most of the time, which I I said. But the crazy thing about it, they spread them out. They were eleven personnel, but they went to four wide a lot of the times. I was yeah. like, I would say more than half the time they went. In 11 personnel, they were they spread them out. And I'm like, man, when you spread them out like that, why not throw Jake Smith or Malcolm Epps in there instead of Cade Brewer just to mentally freak them out and yeah. force them to go, yeah. all right, oh, we got to make an adjustment. And I don't think Texas ever really put them in that situation to make them that uncomfortable. That's where the Jake Smith running back sits. He could be that in theory. The, oh, no make you basically have the capability of a 3-1-1 because he's the type of guy. He could be your back, Alvin Kamara. Your, we watched Alvin Kamara last night. I yes. mean, he could be or your. Or Tariq Cohen I, I totally is just believe, a wide well, receiver all those now. Guys. I, I totally believe that Jordan Whittington, if he was healthy, would have made a huge impact in this game because Texas was, they did visualize him as kind of their, what Alvin Kamara was for the Saints last night or what Duke Johnson is for the Texans. Everybody's got to have that guy. Jake Smith could be your version of that guy. Rashawn, right now we're just figuring out at running back who the hell can play running back for yep. us. Rashawn Johnson may be a better option right now than Keontae Ingram just because he's doubting himself, and obviously we'll get into his reception that should have been. Yeah, before we get there, another big picture thing as we start, and we'll start with the offense. I know initially I said DBU is a good place to start, but we'll, we'll keep, we've talked offense so much. Let's yeah, just yeah, keep we've going there. Rod, I really think Texas, and I know I told you initially three, Texas really lost this game based on four elements of situational football. They lost it in the red zone with the two failed mm-hmm. fourth and goal tries. They lost it on third down with LSU converting 50%. You're not going to win very many games yeah. when the opponent converts 50% of their third downs. Yeah. Uh, they lost it in two-minute offense and defense at the end of the first half. And they lost it in four-minute four, four defense at, at, at the end of regulation. Man, even though even though LSU wasn't in traditional four minute offense, they're still on the attack. But you know, we said the onside kick, and let's go ahead and talk. Well, actually, let's talk about defense because since we're there, you want to start there? Let's go. You let's do it. You had them exactly where you wanted them. I mean, you that did. situation in a six point game, you got a third and seventeen. Third and 17. You're thinking, get off the field, force a punt. You got the ball in Sam Ellinger's hands mm-hmm. with two something left on the clock. I mean, it really that's is. exactly where you want to be. <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah, even though you didn't deserve it based on your defensive performance, you still ended up, you know, because you your guys played with pressure. grit, they played with heart, at least they played hard. You got third and 17. I mean, that's uh, I'm with you. That, that was the best-case scenario. On that drive right before, when you get and, that sack, you feel as if when you force it into that, the third and 17, you feel so good. And Ed Erzron said, he said, um, yeah, yeah, thank God, thank <laughs> God that they made the third and 17, they converted it. To a touchdown, he said, "I knew if they got the ball back, we couldn't stop them. Just to be honest, we couldn't stop them." Yeah, so, the video yeah. of that's great. So yeah. you can see it in his face. He, he knew. was like, "Oh, no. he knew." Are yeah, you going, became, you going became, samurai at Orgeron again, man? Yeah, it yeah, be, oh. it, <laughs> I love it. Oh. It was like Cookie Monster. I could literally I watch. I listened to his whole press conference last week just for the hell of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it became a Big Twelve shootout in the end, and you know, Texas is comfortable there. All right, it is time for our first break on this week's show. But on the other side, there is plenty of more Texas football talk. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. So, Rod, let's talk about the third and 17 uh, Uh, specifically. Tom Herman said on Monday if he had to do it all over again, they liked the call, they felt it was the right call, he doesn't live and coulda, woulda, shoulda. But That's just because he doesn't want to throw Todd Orlando under the bus, so give him props because that's his boy. This, to me, third and 17, that's exactly the situation you 
devised the Cowboy package for. Uh, I agree, but they did. Obviously, he wasn't confident in the Cowboy package because we only. Well, I will say this: I got to go back and find out how many third and longs you had him in, well, and, um, or a second and long or whatever. But they only had it four times that I counted. And how many timeouts and did Texas have then? Because I now, don't even know if they had time to sub it in. I will, that's a great point too. Great point, Matt. Um, I will say that the four plays, the, the interception by Joseph Asai was the Cowboy yeah. package. I was so uh, happy. Was a, I was like, bring it all right? day. And that was a third and 18. Uh, but then against the Cowboy package, they picked up nine yards, 18 yards, and 21 yards. And I think at one, I think the 21-yard was a touchdown. Uh, matter of fact, it might be the one right before the half, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Been, I didn't it won the Jefferson. The um, so, yeah, I think at that point he started losing faith in it. But, hell, he probably lost faith in everything because there was nothing working against Joe Burrow once he got in his own. Well, and that's a point where sometimes, and we've talked about it in, throughout the offseason, that it sucks to admit it, but sometimes in Texas called football, a timeout right before the third and 17. Well, then they could have done it easily. Yeah, they did, <laughs> to talk about it, which is why I think it's interesting that they, they – they all agreed on let's go all out blitz with a spy. Yeah, they know that they, they with zero coverage. That's what that means. Tom Herman discussed it. They all discussed it. Which is my take is my take on it is because nothing had worked. Right. That that they could go back to and say, hey man, we remember this worked really well. Let's do this now. I'm with Matt. I go back to the cowboy package. Yeah. I'm like, man, you know what? Hey, at least in the Cowboy package, we got a dip pass and a pick. Let's run the Cowboy package. And what I would have done, just people just know my ask me, hey, what what would you have done? I would have done kind of the, a ghost front. I would have put six guys at the line of scrimmage, all of them standing up, moving around, shuffling around. Hell, I probably would have only rushed four. You know what I mean? And I'd probably dropped seven. And I'd have had two. I'd have had kind of two safeties, kind of over the top. Everybody else in zero coverage and a spy. Yeah. That's probably the way I would have, uh, you know, I would have done. I, I'd have my guys in man under, two safeties over the top, so they can play man under and they can jump some of the underneath routes. Safeties over the top, so that you know what happened didn't happen. All right, yeah. play two man under with with a spy, and I think you had to do that because they had four guys on routes. You had four plus two, six. Seven, yeah, you had seven guys dropping back. Or rushing, or you can rush three. Yeah. But as long as he can identify who's coming, at least you can manufacture pressure. The problem was Texas couldn't really manufacture a lot of pressure because Joe Burrow was getting the ball out quickly. Yeah, he yeah. got it off so fast. And I heard your numbers that you brought up from Brooks Cabina oh, yesterday, great, which yeah. just about when you look overall, if you get the ball out in about two to two and a half seconds, almost yeah, no I'll pass give you the rush numbers. will it ever get there. So, like when you look at the modern offenses, and if you are executing at the highest level, optimal offense is almost indefensible which is why I think in some of these situations you see well we just got to bring all the blitz and get to them before because even if you're well defended they can still out execute you when you got De- optimal offense. I agree desperation and panic move yep. by Tyler Lando but like I said I don't know what else he was going to do that would have worked but I, I know that was the wrong call like that that's not the call mm-hmm. that I would have made I, I think that was the wrong call if Burrow got uh, how about this Burrow got the ball out in 2.4 seconds on average in that game. That's insanely good. 2.4 seconds on average, which means your pre-snap read is in, like, perfect. Like You trust it yeah. almost implicit. Like, right? You don't doubt your pre-snap read at all if you're getting the ball out that quickly, which means Todd Orlando was not the master of the art of confusion. Because the defense, he's, supposed he's to identified confuse Burrow's them. been able to identify. That means he's identifying it even before then and going, oh, you know that uh, that touchdown pass to Justin Jefferson right before the half? He got it out in 2.28 seconds, according, according to Brooks Cabina. But he that's, was in his that's kind of my, that's kind of my point, though. Like, Rod, there you know? was no... We didn't see like the ghost fronts or anything that we've seen Todd no. Orlando do. It was yeah. just kind of like, hey, we're either they were in cover one most of the game. It seemed like to yeah. me they played some zone early on, but then they they went to cover. It, it's one. almost that's what, really, that's, at least that's what Joe Burrow. It's almost like pressure. it's almost like they really approached it from. And I, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's like, hey, we're just going to match up, and we, we think nothing. ours are better than yours. Nothing, but and also yeah. I think they went nothing wrong. Because look here, I give you some some other numbers. Right, he got the ball out really quickly, but he was 22 of 28 for 253 yards, two touchdowns, one interception when. He was passing the ball under 2.6 seconds when he got the ball out from snap to release in 2.6 seconds or less. But he was 11 of 13 when he got the ball out in more than 2.6 seconds both <laughs> for are 236 very yards <laughs> and two touchdowns. I mean, when, when he got the ball out in less than two seconds, he was 10 of 13 for 77 yards. It got to the point where if he holds the ball, he was killing you. If he got it out quickly, he was killing you. There was a, He had an insulation within the pass protection with the quick passing game and Tarlow 
Orlando, honestly, he was he was flummoxed. He was he had no he was the one that was confused. He had no answer for Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow had all the answers to the test. And that's where you tip your hat to a guy like that. If you can execute offense at that highest level, sometimes I really think it can be almost indefensible, which is why, like you said, it's a last resort situation. Well, what can you do? Get pressure to him. And if you have one chance to get get him or hit him, see if he doesn't make the play. And even on the final play, the pressure got there. It's just he made an unbelievably great pass by sidestepping through three defenders and Dead. hitting them in the money in stride right along the line to where in those situations, I think that it just came down to, well, worst case scenario, no matter what we go and whatever I decide, they've been executing and making these plays. So therefore, they're going to be able to complete it unless somehow we get to the quarterback. That's the only way there, we can possibly There was a point stop. right in the second half where I felt watching it from the press box, it felt like Todd Orlando's just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks at the Totally point. agree. Yeah. And, and that's no knock on him. And, and Brandon Jones said in the post game, like, yeah, LSU did stuff that they weren't necessarily ready for. So they felt like the coaches did the best job they could of of getting them ready for this game. But Rod, this this goes back to the Big Twelve. This go no, this goes back to Rod, something you said in the summer when we were talking LSU. The biggest advantage LSU was gonna have in this game is that there was no way you could prepare for every single nook and cranny of this Joe Brady offense. There was this no way exactly you could right. do it. So yeah, new. No doubt. Bad and, timing for Texas. And, and what do you do if you're Todd Orlando when how do you build a defense when you can't really cover and you can't really organically create a pass rush. Yes. Like, what That's do you two do? Huge problems right? on defense, like, how do you, right? Because uh, well, when, when they targeted DBs, when they when they targeted the team. three corners, when Joe Burrow targeted three corners, he, he targeted them fifteen times. He was thirteen of fifteen for two hundred sixteen yards, mm-hmm. uh, one touchdown and one two point conversion. So your corners can't cover. The, those are your coverage specialists. They can't really cover. Uh, I think part of the reason you moved Brandon Jones to nickel is because you're really worried about B.J. Foster in coverage, too. Mm-hmm. So you're worried about guys in coverage. Caden Stearns is not the wolf right now. He's just Caden because he looks like he's That a, ankle he's a, looks like it's bothering him. You know him. what I mean? Something's yeah. going on there. So when you can't really cover and you can't your, – your, your front guys, they're good, but they're not natural pass rushers and disruptors. What do you do? Right now, your sacks and pressures are coming from the back end. B.J. Foster is out. He's your best blitzer. Yeah. Joseph Asai is your only other guy that can create disruption. So you take him away. He's got two interceptions. You take him away from coverage and start start rushing him more. What do you do? Yeah, and now the Cowboy package really can't be utilized as much because you're down a man. Well, yeah, exactly. It's not as effective. Yeah. Because now you're you're going to be without your best blitzer for at least a couple weeks. It's a big part of the Cowboy package. And the big point of having it was to get your best 11 on the field, and then that's one of them being taken away. So So, you may still have that seven. Any most inexperienced defense in the last 30 years on Texas football. We we knew there was going to be growing pains with this defense. I I want to talk about corner, though, because I'll give Jalen Green a little bit of benefit of the doubt because a lot of the plays I saw him give up, there were some plays he gave up, Rod, where he's in position to make a play. Just yeah. Jamar Chase or whoever he was covering made a better play. Those mm. receivers said it on the sideline, too, in the first quarter. You heard Maria Taylor's report saying that they were like, no, we can get us the ball. We and can I, beat these guys. And, and we did. knew, look, we knew that, look, we said this when we talked about corner. And, and since this game turned into a Big 12 game, there are going to be some weeks, man, where these young corners, it just ain't going to be there. It's just not. Some days in this league, Rod, you know this. You you were even in the Big Twelve before. Yeah, everyone was throwing the ball around. There's some weeks where it's it's just it's just not your day. It's a bad day at the office. But I say that, and I'll say this too: that other corner, whatever they're gonna do there, this week leading up to the Rice game is when you've got to figure out if you're going with Kobe Boyce, then. Figure out how to help him. If you're not, then go with Anthony Cook or Deshaun Jameson and get them ready for the Oklahoma State game. I think what we figured out is I don't think you can trust any of the corners. So you need to bring them along slowly. I'm not saying they're going to develop. They're going to get better. They're going to be better. They need reps. They'll get better. Aren't right? They're very they young. They aren't good. They yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. Um, but they need help now. You cannot leave them out on an island. You cannot. That's what Todd Orlando's one of his sins in that game. Mm-hmm. He just left them on an island. It was like, oh, they'll figure it out. Nope, they never figured it out. Mm-hmm. All right, they gave up. Five passes of twenty yards or more. All right, they were getting they were getting torched out there. You got to give them help. Put them in zone coverage. All right, back them off a little bit. Let them give up the underneath routes so they're not giving up the twenty plus yard pass receptions. All right, um, you want an explosive play stat, right? I know you like explosive I play love nuggets. It. Uh, Joe Burrow completed thirteen passes of fifteen yards or more in that explosive play category. 
That accounted for 343 of his passing yards. Yeah. Plus 13 completions. Yeah, man. You gotta, you gotta, you, you're you, not dying death by paper cuts. You're dying death by uppercuts. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. No, I'm with you. So, I, so I'm saying, this you is Mike Tyson bludgeoning you and the referees not stopping the fights. Yeah. You need to help them out, man. Put them in zone. Give them more split coverage. Give them more help underneath. Don't just assume they can hold up on out. Now, against Louisiana Tech, yes, Jalen Green can hold up on an out. other quarterbacks. All right? Against like Kansas. Can... And again, yeah, when you go up against Oklahoma, no, they mm. cannot hold up. Yeah. Against Oklahoma State, no. Don't assume they can hold up. Against an elite quarterback, an elite wide receiver, do not assume they can hold up. Don't do that. Give them help. And I think you'll see that because, I, again, I, I do put stock into some of what Tom Herman says, and I know some of it's coach speak, and that's not me knocking Tom Herman. Every coach across the country, they're not 100% truthful in their yeah. their press conferences. But I think he even said it when he talked about the defense getting better. He said if, if that means we need to dial back a little bit, so be it. I mean, we saw that Todd Orlando's yeah. first game against Maryland when some of these same issues were happening. It's, and then it was bad run fits, but you saw, hey, just maybe simplify things a little bit. And yeah. with a young defense, maybe you got to do that. Maybe you do have to pull back a little bit. Look, we, we've seen the flashes from Keandre Cobert and Jalen Green, Rod and Joseph Osai. Like we, we know there's talent there. No question. Oh, yeah. It's just talent collectively wasn't ready to go out on that stage and stop an offense when you've got the the combination of athletes and schematic advantage like LSU has. That's exactly right. And, and you'll only have that, in, honestly, in the Big 12 probably – Oklahoma's probably Oklahoma the only State's time. offense looks really good. So it does. I'm going to say they got some talent that right. Well, you know I mean? And I've gone on record saying I think Mike Gundy's the best coach in the league. Exactly. We know he has hellaciously you know I mean? good games. So say, I'll say twice and then a Big 12 title game every three times. And I'll so just say, go. in to total respect to Big 12 offenses, because you know we talk constantly about it here. No but question. Joe Burrow, that quarterback play and what he did was as good as you're going to see at the no. college level any year ever. Like that's it how. Was. And he's if you go to a zone, he can find the mesh points and pick it apart. Like it comes down to the man-to-man and there are things you can change but when you're on the fly and having to decide it's so hard to do that's where it seems it's tough to say but, but it's a great primer for the big 12 it's a good like quick, you aren't yeah, going to see much before, more, before your so point you get to learn before your that. point to back up what matt's saying there were some throws joe burrow made the one that sticks out to me is the touchdown pass he threw to terrace marshall where josh thompson had his back to the ball mm-hmm. like josh thompson's right on him and yes. there there's no way joe burrow saw where terrace marshall's catch radius was it's just that's that's like the perfect throw in that Red scenario. Throw, he put it. He put execution. it in the. He put it in the only place he could put it for that play to be a touchdown. It was a good throw. But Same I'll say this: I, I remember him saying after the Joe Burrow after the Georgia Southern game, when you when you call a play and have answers to every coverage and every mm-hmm. blitz, that's a good feeling. So my thing is this: he he went on to say he said that if they drop eight and take away the verticals, I have the check down underneath. This is my thing about Texas: make him take the check downs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so, drop big. You know what I mean? Ghost He's fronted, ghost scum- fronted, and and rush three and drop eight. When you're getting smashed, when they, when you see a boss smashing you, get to the point where you're like, all right, you know what? I'm rushing three and dropping eight. And sometimes it's gonna be Joseph Asai and B.J. Foster, and just make sometimes him do it twelve just times. Make, yeah, just make make exactly make him dump it down every damn time. And if that's what he wants to do, but the fact was, you didn't you didn't do that. Like you got to the, you made it easy for him. You were giving him cover one, and you were coming at him and. He was getting the ball out quickly because he was diagnosing it before the play. You did not confuse him. You did nope. not discombobulate him. Exactly. He was comfortable. I know, I, know, I know Coach Harmon said the defensive line was disruptive. Man, I didn't see that. He, did he look disruptive to you? He looked very comfortable in that pocket. Disruption means he's moving around. He's freaking out. There were a couple of plays like that, but for the most part, no. That was not done yeah. by the D-line. I, I think the, the, you know D, I mean? the D-line, the good stuff I saw, that I, thought they the were, I thought they were good versus the run. Yeah. And there were times where like, Malcolm Roach got to Joe Burrow a few times. Uh, I didn't like the roughing the passer call. He didn't have a quarterback place. hurry. Not How can fi- we say not, he got not, to- not officially, but there, there were. There- he didn't have a everything. Stats don't matter, dude. Give me a quarterback hurry. There were times though where I thought Malcolm not not enough to make a difference. You get in the my end. point. You get my point. Yeah. Though? You know what I'm saying? Like, sorry, coach. I'm sorry. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna say you're wrong on that. Then you need to have pressure stats because pressure means he got there. But you ain't got your your D line ain't got a quarterback hurry. I think Malcolm Rogers got one. You know what I mean? In the game versus Louisiana Tech. Come on, man. Yeah, Havoc plays. <laughs> I need y'all to, to do yeah. a little bit more up there. Nine Havoc plays is okay. That's kind of me being devil's advocate a little bit because I, I did see some good stuff from the D-line, but not enough not enough to say that Keandre, that any of those guys were 
were outstanding or played a very good game. Well, and we already know on this defense, and Tom Herman admits it, the defensive line isn't necessarily there. I mean, you'd like them to get pressure, but the way it's designed with, you know, Orlando's way he brings pressure, it isn't necessarily – they eat up bodies and they eat up – I know, but you need somebody on that front. So you need to add Joseph Asai basically to the pass rush now and quit dropping them back in coverage. You need to do something because right now I'm sorry, but your D-line is not as much of a difference maker in the passing game. Run game, yes. That was the fail state. Like when you talk about what parts are missing of of a defense and what left, the one thing you miss on the D-line – you missed the fact that when all when when all hell broke loose and you needed to go make a play, you could turn Charles Amenahu loose and he'd go make. You can a just play. put him wide and go. All right, dog, just go. Just yep. go get back there. Just go get back in. Just the go back. line up in a wide nine and go. Just go. And get think about it. You've had that. If you're Charles Lendo, you've had that because Puna Puna's the guy he's talking about. Stats don't matter. Yeah, with Puna it don't matter. Yeah, it's Puna freaking forward who's gonna start for the Seattle freaking Seahawks. Remember their legion of legion of boom 2.0. Yes, with him it doesn't matter because he's 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 such a chaotic force of nature yeah. that it takes two guys to stop him, and in every play he's pushing the pocket. You don't have that. Nope. I've watched him. It's not right that. now. You don't. So and you had, and you know what he's talking about too. Ed Oliver. Okay, yes. With Ed Oliver, <laughs> stats don't matter because he's a freak of nature. You don't have that. So you need to build the defense accordingly. You know what I mean? Like quit, like, quit going on faith and prayer. Like I love prayer. It you know you got to you need it. But this, football not is not. Coach. It's not a way to build a football strategy. You're going with hope and faith. That's what that play was about. Third and seventeen. I hope they get there. Have they gotten there all all day? I hope they hold up in coverage. Have they held up in coverage all day? No to both. So then why do? would you do that in yeah. the most important play? And, and as we shift to the offense, that was that was kind of my thing on the second goal-to-go situation. Um, the first one, if Keonta Ingram catches the ball, we're having a totally different conversation about it. Agreed. That was a great play call, by the way. It was. Oh, yeah. Great play. But the, the second one, Rod, to me, there was nothing in the first three plays that should have inspired confidence. Yeah, we'll stick it in there on fourth and goal. I agree with that. I'm yeah. with you on that, and that's and that's bad too because you're supposed to have Bam Bam Sam, and that's supposed to be like your bread and butter. Which is LSU why on third down, not, it's more of an idea ideology yeah. that if you get the ball back right there and you're going to pass on first down, well, you're passing all four. If you're and running on first down, you're running all four, and you're running Sam. And the idea that yeah, maybe you wanted cute. to change it up, you can't, you can't do that. You got to yeah. if you trust Sam and you know how good he is, you go with Sam all four in a totally row. Agree. This is that game. Totally totally agree. And when LSU, that happened on third. You're like oh, LSU no. knew the power stretch was coming. Ed Orgeron even said it. He said they tipped it off. Well, that's one thing. We, which I think they may have been doing coming, on purpose. Though. That's true, too. Which I think they were doing on purpose because remember they had like two counters to it. They had the Keontae Ingram counter and they had the delayed release by Cade Brewer, which was also a counter. Both of those failed. Kind of the yeah. jump pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that's what Texas runs on the goal line. And, and, and LSU's LSU played that rod. That's how you want to play that. Like, hey, just submarine the offensive lineman. Let your linebackers and safeties go fill and make a play. Why do they always run it to the right? Is that because Sam is right-handed? Like, is I, that yeah, what it is? I, I is it think because it's, Sam is right-handed. I think it's because it's an easier throw. Okay, for do the they quarterback. Pull, Why don't they pull Cosme and Braun and turn it into like a power? Probably up? because at that point, is it too, you're, you're is it probably too, worried too, about too penetration. long developing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay. About penetration. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out like because and cause, I don't know the answer because your two best blocking offensive linemen are on the left and yet you run most of that. I don't know the answer. Well, it's a stretch more than. A sweep in that team, it is. where it's slow it developing, it's slow where developing. you don't have it as much. Yeah. I don't know the answer, but just like you know, uh, Brad Kellner and I were talking, like, why don't you go quarterback sneak there? And I know they've got quarterback sneak in the playbook, of course but, they do. But I think for for Tom Herman and just thinking about it, number one, you go from the shotgun because you that's your, the basis of your offense. It's uh, you operate from the shotgun. Yeah. It's an easier downhill read for the ball carrier, number that's one. That's true, and get momentum. Right, and oh, number that's, two. Oh, number that's one. 230 pounds coming Sam down I think, I think when yeah. things get mucked up on a quarterback sneak, you never go under center. And I think for Tom Herman, I don't know this, but pro- trying to just kind of get inside of his, I think the risk of – Something bad happening, center quarterback exchange, and the risk of a when turnover. You never do that, right? The it's risk no of a turnover yeah. probably isn't worth the reward. And that's, that's a, a good point. I agree with you, especially when they know it's coming. Yeah, they're they gonna get a good BGO. Like if you're under, yeah. if Texas is under center, you there's only one coming. thing they're gonna do. Yeah, they, I, I don't think I've ever seen them and under center doing it. Well, look, I go back to risk. the Texas Tech game last year. Like Charles Amendo, who said all the film he studied on Texas Tech, he said that's when they're under center, they do one thing: they go quarterback sneak. They don't do anything else. And then he jumped the gap. Yeah, and it's a multiplier of risk. Not only are you 
bringing all of that into play then, though, your one strength is your guy with momentum inertia going forward, and he and has now, He may not have that. Still. He just have to, like, You don't have ahead. it, and, I mean, you have to have weight yeah. behind just to have any type of inertia. No, I feel that. Um, no, Got a lot of love for Charles on the podcast this week. Charles Menno? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Charles Menno should be getting love. Texans love him, apparently. And I think he's going to end up playing more and more. I, I didn't get a chance to watch him that much in the game. I didn't pay attention. Yeah, he was inactive last night. Oh, he was inactive? Okay. At the last second. Go. But he's right. still a long No, they like him. Playing. They like him they a like lot. Him. Yeah. All right, a little pause for the calls right here. One more break on the show. But when we come back, we will wrap this thing up and put it in the oven on this edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Honey, I just switched the family to Boost Mobile and we got so much more. Awesome. Like what? We got four free LG Stylo 5 phones for the whole family. Four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited gigs. I smashed up the car a bit. And they have a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Whoa, four free LG... Wait, back up. Did you just say you... Four free LG Stylo 5 phones? Yep. No, no. Something about the car? Oh, you mean Boost Super Reliable, Super Fast Network. Before that, the car-smashing thing. What? The smashing deal we got? Four lines for just $25 per line per month? No. Between the four lines for $25 per line per month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit. I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Offer ends 916.19 or while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. One free device per line. Includes mobile optimized data. Additional terms and restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard, the bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how GEICO not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously because he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to GEICO is a no-brainer. Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Honey, I just switched the family to Boost Mobile and we got so much more. Awesome. Like what? We got four free LG Stylo 5 phones for the whole family. Four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited gigs. I smashed up the car a bit. And they have a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Whoa, four free LG... Wait, back up. Did you just say you... Four free LG Stylo 5 phones? Yep. No, no. Something about the car? Oh, you mean Boost Super Reliable, Super Fast Network. Before that, the car smashing thing. What? The smashing deal we got? Four lines for just $25 per line per month? No. Between the four lines for $25 per line per month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit. I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones... 
Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Offer ends 916-19 or while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. One free device per line. Includes mobile optimized data. Additional terms and restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 3131. That's promo code 3131 at vistaprint.com. Own the now. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. I'm sorry, folks. We're not going to break down rice because oh, no. there's... I watched a little bit of them Friday night. Had to change the channel after like one drive. It was that boring. I watched a little... Wake Forest. I, I did watch a little, I did watch a little bit of the Wake Forest game. I did watch a little bit of the Wake Forest game, and I ended up watching most of Marshall and Boise State. <laughs> Just summed them up in a couple of words. Uh, Matt, right now, this line, I saw at uh, 30 and a half. Uh, yeah, 31 <sighs> around there. What was the Louisiana Tech line? La Tech was 20 and a yeah, half. Yeah, 20 and a half. And this one, it this opened. Like, and this is like basically at, it's, not, it's, it's neutral field, but yeah. it's rice. It's a rice home game. It was game a 32 point wow. line, according to someone it opened. That's it's down crazy. to 31. Yeah. They're not worth breaking down. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was yeah. that. We won't waste your time. I won't even, waste, about the, Texas. I won't even yeah. waste the time with predictions. Rod, I'll start with you. Does, <laughs> does Texas cover, yes or no? <laughs> um, I. That's interesting. I don't know if they – yeah, they, they cover. Hell, yeah, they cover. What am I talking about? Yes, they cover. Uh, Casey Thompson gets in in, like, the third quarter, and, yeah, you see a lot of the young guys early on, so that's good for Texas. Yeah. And I think you rest a ton of – you'll see a lot a ton of guys that end up resting. Hell, maybe even, like, a, a Caden Stearns and guys like that. Like, if you can get Sam Cosby out of that game pretty quick. Exactly. A guy like Zach Shackelford. Yes. Yeah. I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, those second-team O-line, if you can get some reps, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Second team, the D line guys yeah. rotate those. The guys you're not still sure about, you just want to see them. I want to see Tavondre Sweat play a lot in this game. There you go. I want to see Jawan Mitchell in this game. Yeah, let me see those young corners. Hell, I, it, you know what? I've seen enough of your starting corners. And the one, let me see the guys behind the them. one thing let me we can Yada watch the one thing we can break down with it. The one thing we can break down with this round. The one thing you can break down. You will see more of Jawan Mitchell and Delia Dayway because Rice does run a pro style offense. That's true. Yeah, like when you list a fullback on your depth chart and only two receiver spots. Yeah, that gives you an indication of, of what kind of – and we know Mike Bloomgren coming from Stanford's a pro-style guy. So. This is true. Man, fullback. That's what Tom Herman said. It's a different animal. You won't really get to see a whole lot of those corners there being you tested this week. You can see the, yeah, you can see the 3-4, the, the old 3-4 from Tyler Lando. Man, do nice. we see the, the F-backer? It, <laughs> it allegedly, it'll, the position allegedly exists. Yeah, yeah that sounds it, like it a call, It's the F-backer. Some field the F-backer. Linebacker. Like whatever it is sounds filthy. Uh, oh. Matt, does Texas cover yes or no? Oh, man, I'm, if it drops below 30 – which I expect it to because it's going that oh. way, then yeah. But I wouldn't bet it if it's over 30 right wow. now. Wow. You look at the public has 82% of bets on Texas, only 18% on Rice. Once you break that 80% threshold with the public, you don't want to be on that side. Uh, so let the numbers come down the if you want to bet Texas. Smart. <laughs> it's going to keep on dropping down. You know, I mean, going to that yeah, game. Yeah, I think Texas can come Ooh. out and get up big, but also this is like a get healthy week where you don't even want. So that's why that's betting true. that line's a little risky on the back end. Okay. All right. Okay, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Travis, the best damn videographer in the podcast game. For everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049, 1019, AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and the hornfm.com. Where you can get Rod B on the Rodcast each and every weekday from one to three. Shameless plug. Thanks to Matt, you can get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like us and leave us a review. And thanks to Matt, you can get all of our archives, classic interviews, classic shows on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.